Hey guys, it's Kira from KiraWilliamsFitness.com, and today we are interviewing Megan Kober, aka Megan the Dietitian, and uh, she and I are going to chat a little bit about macros today, but before we get started, um, welcome Megan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, hello. Thanks for having me. And actually, I should have told you that I'm probably changing my name back to my maiden name. So if anyone is watching this and you're like, I'm pretty sure that's not her last name. My maiden name is Megan Hansen. So I I, I can be either. I, just, <laughs> I mentioned that at the beginning. It's like such this, it's such a weird, awkward transition when you're changing your name. Anyway, um, I'm, and that's why my handle is Megan the Dietitian. So it doesn't really matter. Um, so I'm a dietitian, uh, obviously, and I have been a dietitian for about 12 years. Um, I actually never worked as a dietitian. Interestingly enough, I did my internship and I didn't love it. And I thought like, this is maybe just, I don't know, maybe this just isn't for me. I don't really know what I want to do with my life. It was also 2009, by the way. So there were no jobs and it was kind of a weird time, but Eventually I, I ended up in Atlanta and I had a job with a startup. It was a health tech company and they eventually ran out of funding and shut down. And I was kind of left with this, like, I was kind of having a quarter life crisis and thought, what the heck am I going to (laughs) do with my life? And so I started blogging, which I feel like is what everyone did. You know, this was probably uh, this was like seven years ago. So at that time, it's like having a quarter life crisis, I'm just going to start blogging and I'm going to blog about nutrition because I do, I do like nutrition. I was very, I was still very interested in it. It just wasn't a field that I wanted to work in. You know, at the time, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, most dietitians were working in more of a clinical setting. There wasn't a ton of, there were nutrition entrepreneurs, but this like the Instagram and um, TikTok and a lot of these things didn't either didn't exist or were brand new. And it just, you know, online nutrition consulting and virtual nutrition coaching, just, it wasn't very big. And so I started blogging and then I eventually decided to start seeing some one-on-one clients And what I found as I was working with these clients was they all had one thing in common. They were all chronic dieters. (laughs) They were all people that had done every diet under the sun. And these were women that were in their twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, didn't matter. They all were chronic dieters. They all were just constantly on a diet, but they couldn't lose the weight. And as a matter of fact, most of them had been gradually gaining weight over the years. And so it was weird because looking at them, I was like, well, you guys know what to do. I mean, it's not like, you know, nothing about nutrition. You you've been doing these diets, so you know, something. And most of them were oftentimes even under eating and they were just continuing to gain weight. And so I took a totally different approach other than, you know, what I learned in school, which was essentially just like calories in calories out and really started to focus in on, their metabolism and, you know, how does your body process things like carbs and fat and protein and fiber? And how do these things all work together to, uh, you know, work with your hunger hormones or your satiety hormones? How do you burn and store fat? Like these were the types of things that I started to just 
teach them, um, which was really, you know, going back to school, what we learned in our human metabolism classes, not in our weight loss classes, our weight loss classes, we were just taught, like put everybody on a diet and make them, you know, do cardio 90 minutes a day. Well, I could see that that wasn't working for any of these women. So like I said, we just kind of went back to the metabolism basics and focused on really building their metabolism back up and getting their body used to burning fat instead of, um, you know, instead of gaining weight. And I saw amazing results uh, by doing that. So now today where I'm at is I've taken this sort of method or this process that I have um, in teaching about metabolism and how it works and how um, how our blood sugar plays into, into our metabolism, how lean muscle tissue plays into it, how our movement plays into it, our, our sleep, our stress, our gut health, all these things, right? There's like so many things that play into how well your metabolism is functioning. And I teach it in a, it's, it's a, you know, a big group coaching program called the metabolism makeover. So that is my backstory in a nutshell. And so speaking of learning, we really are doing this today because we want to teach you guys, the listeners, um, about macronutrients. But before we go into that, I want you guys to all um, hit pause on this and follow Megan, um, Megan the Dietitian on Instagram, as well as her Instagram account, Metabolism Makeover, um, where she goes into more so on the metabolism makeover, um, Instagram handle, she'll go more over like the science behind different things. Um, but it's all really fantastic content there where you guys can learn. And one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on Megan was because something that you speak about is understanding why and how things work. Um, and I feel like we've, we're both in the same, um, belief that when we understand why and how we are more apt to, um, maintain motivation and actually do the things that we need to do. Um, so yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think that's really what is kind of magical about the whole, you know, my program and the whole process is that instead of giving people a blueprint and saying, Hey, these are your calories. These are your you know, exact everything that you need, you know, your exact macros and just letting them go. I actually teach them exactly what's happening in their bodies. And so when they're on their own, uh, you know, on a vacation or on the weekends or out in any of these sort of like outside the box situations, they can make decisions for themselves because they understand and they don't have to panic and be like, Oh my God, like, how do I go on vacation and maintain what I've been doing? Or, you know, how do I go on vacation without gaining 10 pounds? It's actually really easy if you just understand how your body works. And it's so incredibly freeing when, when you know that. And so, you know, you don't feel like you need to, like you said, you don't need to freak out about things. You know how to handle things. You can go into situations confidently. Yes. I call them diet danger zones. (laughs) So you can go into your diet danger zones confidently. I, that's a fantastic way to put it. I mean, it's very (laughs) true. So, um, let's go, let's go ahead and chat about, um, the main topic for today, and that's going to be macronutrients. So Megan, tell us what macronutrients are. Macronutrients are really just nutrients for your body that you eat in large amounts. So protein, 
fat, carbs. Those are your three big macronutrients and they work together in your body to provide energy. I mean, that's simply just, that's simply what they are. So let's dive into each one of these guys individually. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about protein, what it is, what it does in our bodies and how it works? Yeah. So protein, we love protein. Protein is breaks down. Protein breaks down into amino acids, which helps you to maintain and build muscle, but also neurotransmitters, your immune system, your cells, protein is super important for your whole body. We oftentimes just associate it with muscle, um, but it is, it is vital that we are getting not just enough protein, but enough pro like not just enough protein to make sure that we stay alive, but enough protein to make sure that we feel good every day. So we can talk a little bit more about that because I think there's a lot of confusion between what the RDA uh, recommendations are for protein and like what optimal protein looks like. Um, but we can go back to that. Protein is really important for weight loss. And if you are trying to build muscle because your muscles, the amount of muscle tissue that you have is directly correlated with your basal metabolic rate and how many calories you're burning every day at rest. So you can imagine because protein is so important to help build and maintain muscles. We want to make sure we're getting enough so that we can build and maintain muscles so that we can build and maintain your metabolic rate. Uh, And the other thing that I love about protein, especially for weight loss is, and just for weight maintenance is that it's, it's incredibly satiating. So there's plenty of evidence. There's plenty of studies showing that protein is the most satiating macronutrient. And that just means it keeps us the fullest, the longest, it activates our satiety hormones that tell our brain, go ahead and stop eating. And if you think about it, just think about sitting down in front of a plate of chicken or a plate of burgers without the bun (laughs) versus a bag of potato chips you are so much more likely to overeat the potato chips than the burger or the chicken because your your get your body gets to a point where it's just like please do not feed me anymore like turn off i do not want to eat anymore uh, and that doesn't happen at least not nearly as quickly with the potato chips um, which again, we'll get to, we'll get to carbohydrates and kind of how that works in your body, but that's what we really love about protein. And then finally, the last thing about protein that I love is that it has the highest thermal effect of food. So thermal effect of food, TFE, this is a part of our daily calorie burn. So 10% of the calories that you burn every day, approximately comes from just digesting food. And protein in particular has the highest thermal effect of food because it's, it really, it's the toughest to break down, um, which also plays into why it's so satiating because our bodies digest it slowly. Um, and so because of that, when we eat sort of a bolus of protein in one meal, typically we say that's around 30 grams. It's going to be a little different than everybody, but let's just say it's around 30 grams of protein. You are going to, you'll like kind of cross a threshold, um, with your thermal effect of food that will really rev up your metabolism. I believe, don't quote me on this, but I believe it's like up to 30%. Um, like, so it actually boosts your metabolism. You hear like, Oh, what's a metabolism boosting food. And people are like, Oh, cayenne pepper and 
I don't know. That's the only one I can think of at the moment, but truly you can have a metabolism boosting food at every meal by just eating enough protein. So that all, all for all of those reasons, we love protein <laughs> and, uh, anyone who is trying to either maintain their weight, lose weight, especially, or build muscle has got to be prioritizing protein at every single meal. Um, so I know you had to experiment with, um, being plant-based a few weeks ago Yes, and I thought it was really fascinating how you said you had so much more energy. Yeah. Um, and is that, I mean, do you think that's really potentially because your body wasn't utilizing calories to break down the protein? I think there were a couple, a couple things. Um, I keep in mind. I also cut out a lot of foods because I was doing like a digestive reset, um, just like an extremely quick backstory. I had not been feeling well at all for several months. And it turned out I had toxic copper levels in my blood as well as some adrenal issues. So, you know, I was working on that, but then I was noticing I was having a ton of digestive issues likely due to the copper. Um, and so I just eliminated like gluten, grains, dairy. I eliminated all these foods. I do think that actually played into it because I, I am now realizing that I'm pretty sure I have a dairy intolerance, unfortunately, because every time I eat dairy now, I'm like, oh yeah, I don't feel quite right. So I think that was a lot of it. Uh, I also, I do think though that, or I know, you know, that protein does, like I said, it it's slower digesting. So it, it, it can, it, it can slightly affect your energy levels, but I don't want to say that as a blanket statement, because also if you're not eating enough protein, your energy levels can, can tank, right? So there is a balance. I don't want to say that and be like, well, energy or uh, protein makes me tired. I don't think that's the case. I think that I was, I switched a lot of things around on my diet. I was doing like a liquid smoothie right now. I can tell you this right now. So I'm doing a smoothie in the morning, which of course liquid, and I'm, I'm back to doing uh, protein at lunch and dinner. And my energy really has been very good. I noticed, I noticed more that when I am eating these foods, like I've noticed nuts and dairy, that's really what's slowing me down. So I think, it, I think it had a slight effect, but I not enough of an effect that I would like recommend that everyone, you know, remove protein at a meal. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously there's many more reasons for that too, but yeah, but it is, it's still, I'm glad you brought it up because it is just like a good side note that if you, if you're feeling tired and like crap all the time, you know, there's a reason for that. And I never would have imagined that I had food sensitivities, that I had food sensitivities until I decided to just cut out things that are common food sensitivities. And then I was like, Oh, wow. I feel a lot better. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. I, I mean, that's also, you know, that's another, um, we can talk about that on another podcast, like going over food sensitivities and what to do and how to uncover whether or not you have them. Yeah. But, um, that's like a whole other topic for another day. Um, <laughs> but very interesting side note. So, um, let's go into carbs. Uh, what are carbohydrates and what do they do for us and in our bodies once we consume them? Yeah. Carbs are a great source of energy. They carbohydrates are broken down into 
into sugar, essentially, uh, or glucose in the body. And when we consume carbs, what happens is our pancreas creates a hormone called insulin that is released into the bloodstream to regulate blood sugar. It's like a little, you know, I don't know. It's like a little fairy boat. I need to think of a better analogy for this, but it comes out into your blood and it, it picks up all of this sugar that you, that, you know, have floating around in your blood and transfers it to our bloodstream and then into our cells. And we use it for energy. Like I said, carbs are a great source of energy. It's, it's definitely our best source of quick energy. Um, and this will, this process regulates and maintains your blood sugar levels within a normal range where we run into some issues with carbs is when we eat an excess amount of carbs at a meal, then our pancreas goes into overdrive to produce all the insulin that's necessary for new blood sugar to be stored. And this insulin surge tells our body that plenty of energy is available. Cause like I said, carbs, carbs are energy and that it should stop burning fat and start storing it. So that's, you know, the quick and dirty version of what happens when we eat carbohydrates. And I like to mention this just because carbs do get a bad rap uh, and carbs are not bad. I mean, carbs make us feel pretty good actually. And they taste great. We don't want to eliminate them, but there are ways when working with protein and fat that we can eat carbs without causing this huge insulin spike, which does a couple of things. Like I just said, it can put your body into a fat storing mode and it can also cause cravings later in the day. So I'm probably going down too much of a rabbit hole here, but I do want to explain this because I think it's important that when you like, let's say, let's just say you wake up in the morning and you have this huge carbohydrate rich breakfast, you're having like banana on your oatmeal and maybe you have some juice. Um, I don't know, you know, you're eating like 50, 60 carbs in the morning. And what happens is, is you get this huge blood sugar spike and then, you know, all the insulin comes out, it picks up all the, all the blood sugar, it goes and it stores it in the cells. It's going to store what it can as, as glycogens that maybe you're going to use later at the gym. There's going to be some stored energy. And then the rest of it's going to go to your fat cells. And then what happens is you experience a blood sugar crash after all of that is scooped up and delivered somewhere. And when you crash, you get a signal to your brain that then says, Hey, we need more sugar. We're crashing. Now, that's not really true. Your body probably doesn't need more sugar at that point, but it's just a, you know, it's just a survival mechanism that happens when your blood sugar starts crashing and it's going to signal to your brain that you need more sugar. And then you're going to crave it. So a lot of times when I'm working with clients that are saying like, I'm, you know, I get these afternoon cravings or I get these evening cravings that are insatiable. Like I I'm hungry. I just want to eat ice cream or chips or they're, oh, it's always carbohydrate high carbohydrate foods, we typically go back and look and see like, what were you eating earlier in the day? And oftentimes it's because they're overeating carbs earlier in the day and they're experiencing these highs and lows. Um, so that's, that's how carbs uh, are metabolized, I suppose, in your body. And like I said, they're amazing for especially quick energy. I love carbohydrates before a workout, because you're going to eat them and your body is going to quickly utilize them right away in your workout. Carbs are not great for 
sustained energy. We'll get to fat in a minute. That's going to be a, a much better macronutrient for you if you want more long-term energy, but it's going to be really good for you for your, your quick bursts. So going back, um, going back to what you were saying about, you know, um, if you, you know, somebody might have like that breakfast where it's like oatmeal and bananas and juice and like all really great things, but at mm-hmm. the end of the day, they're all carbohydrates. And then, you know, those are the folks who in the afternoon you're getting like the cravings for ice cream and, and chips and stuff like that. I mean, how, how many hours does it usually take for that, for someone to have that like blood sugar crash? It can be as quick as 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can also, it, it depends on how much food you eat, right? So if, if you're having the big, you know, the oatmeal and the juice and all of that, it, it will probably be longer. Um, but usually we see within like 90 minutes to three hours, two and a half to three hours that you'll start to experience a crash. What's really interesting though is I'll still see these cravings happening. Like you'll get the crash. You know what a blood sugar crash feels like. You feel like crap, right? You start to, (laughs) your energy just starts to tank and that can happen fairly early, but I also see it later in the day as well. And I'm going to be honest. I don't necessarily know why this occurs. I think maybe it's just because you know, it goes up and then it goes down. And then maybe you have something at lunch that brings it back up again, and then it'll go back down. And it, it just, it's so important. Again, I know we're not talking about this today, but this is why breakfast is actually so important or whatever you call it. The first meal that you have in the day, because it really does set the tone for the entire day, as far as how your blood sugar is going to behave all day long. I have a client who recently um, brought up to me that she's having really bad cravings every afternoon. Um, because she stopped eating breakfast in the morning. She, you know, she just said like, I'm not really too hungry in the mornings. And then, um, sure enough, you know, the cravings came back and she's like, okay, I'm going back to breakfast again. And, and it worked like clockwork, went back to eating breakfast every day, afternoon cravings gone. Yeah. And, you know, I don't even know that it's necessarily always this blood sugar roller coaster that's occurring. Like it's also in, in that case, if you're not eating enough, your body is going to tell you, and it usually doesn't tell you in a way that's really gentle and, you know, Oh wow. Doesn't a nice, you know, protein smoothie sound nice. It's usually like, Oh my God, I need to eat immediately. And I need to eat carbs because your brain and your body knows that carbohydrates are a quick source of energy. So if it's not getting enough it is going to force, it will make you crave carbs. And that's why it is so important if you're trying to lose weight to not do this, this common dieting behavior where you're limiting calories at the beginning of the day to save them for later. And, you know, I mean, anyone listening to this, like, you know, you've done this. (laughs) All of us past chronic dieters, I'm one of them have, has done this and it is a disaster. It is a total disaster because you will not make the choices that you want to make later in the day if your body's not getting fueled properly. No. And, and it's crazy. I have in my personal experience, I have actually gotten so hungry that I experienced anxiety. 
So oh, God, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Like if I come home from the gym and I take a shower and walk my dog and then I eat by the time I'm usually done walking the dog, I'm like, I'm anxious to, and it's like physical symptoms of anxiety because I am that hungry. So yes, like you're, like you said, it is not this like little nudge of like, Hey, you know, like, why don't you go eat a salad? It's like, no, you need a cupcake. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You need a cupcake. (laughs) So it happens. All right. So let's go over the final one. Let's talk about fats. Uh, what do they do in our bodies when we consume them? Yeah. So fat is amazing for our hormones and our cells in particular. And I just want to say, especially since I think your audience is more on me, the fitness field that you have got to be getting at least 60 grams of fat a day. I see so many women that come, especially from, you know, just really like the intense hardcore fitness background who are doing like 40 grams of fat a day, and this will destroy your hormones. Uh, and so, and, and men, you know, they can get away with a little more. I still wouldn't recommend it, but for us women, especially like we've got to be getting at least 60 to 70 grams of fat a day, um, for ideal hormone function and cellular function too. But as far as it goes for fat loss and, um, just like basic metabolism and digestion, fat really slows down the blood sugar response. And this is important because going back to talking about carbohydrates, um, when we, when we eat a lot of carbohydrates or even just a moderate amount and we get like a a blood sugar spike, fat can actually slow that down. It, it, It does slow that down. So if you ever wore like a glucose monitor, which are pretty popular now, people are you know, tracking their, their blood sugar levels. You'll see if you were to eat a banana versus eating a banana with peanut butter, there's a pretty drastic difference in the, you know, the, the blood sugar response that you'll get. And this is important, like I said, because you don't want your pancreas to freak out and release a ton of insulin as soon as it starts seeing this blood sugar hits your, or sorry, as soon as it starts seeing this sugar hits your blood, uh, you want it to be a much slower release. So it will release less insulin. Um, so for actual blood sugar control, and and again, this, what this is going to do is it's going to prevent your body from turning off fat burning. We don't want it to turn that off because once it turns that off, guess what? It turns on fat storing. (laughs) So actually eating fat with your carbs is, is going to prevent you from storing a lot of fat. Now, of course, that does not mean that you can eat, uh, you know, an excess of carbohydrates with an excess of fat and not expect weight gain. Okay. Don't take that too far. (laughs) Um, There's still a point where obviously calories matter and we can't be overdoing it, but from a metabolic standpoint, your body is really favors, uh, including carbs and pairing it with fat. And then when you put protein on top of that, you're going to get this great trifecta because the protein is keeping you really full. It's revving up your metabolism. Um, yeah. It's keeping you satiated. The fat or the carbs are giving you energy. They're giving you just joy. (laughs) Carbs are delicious. Right. And the fat is helping 
everything kind of slow down so that you're not getting a huge insulin spike. So go ahead. And and fat, the reason too, I, one more small thing here is fat does is, is like protein and that it kind of slows things down in your digestion. So it's, um, it's a great longer term or yeah, longer burning, I should say longer burning form of energy. Whereas carbs are great for that quick energy. So I like, you know, and I don't know what you recommend. I, by by the way, you guys, I'm like not a fitness expert in any way, shape or form, but I like to do something sometimes like a banana and peanut butter or apple and peanut butter or something like that before a workout, because you've got the quick carbs and then you've got some longer burning carbs too. And I mean, everybody's obviously, you know, very, very different. Like I, I would have a hard time eating that just because the fat tends to sit in my stomach longer. And then I feel like well, very you know, you're probably saying that because you're probably saying that because you do harder workouts than me. And so you're probably right. <laughs> but everybody's completely, everybody is. So no, I know you're right. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I can, I also have a tendency to want to overdo it when it comes to peanut butter and bananas. So <laughs> yeah. I have to be really, I have to be really mindful there. Cause like a teaspoon yeah. is like, not really that much when you measure it. <laughs> No, it's, it's truly not. It's truly not. Um, but I also wanted to bring up something too, um, particularly on metabolism makeover, you talk a lot about PHFF when it comes to meals. What is that? So protein, healthy fat and fiber, and I don't include carbs in it only because to me, carbs we don't necessarily need carbs at every single meal. I think they're a great accessory. I think they're good for uh, days, especially that you work out, or if you're someone who has a lot of muscle tissue, you're very active, you work out most days. Yeah. You'll probably need carbs every day, but it's not something like protein and healthy fat and fiber have are typically they work, they work together most efficiently, um, with your metabolism. And so it's just a reminder that if you're having carbs, have carbs, go ahead, have carbs, but make sure that your plate also includes the protein, healthy fat and fiber. Like those, those are the things I want you to focus on. And then you can add carbs if they're appropriate for that meal. Uh, And then fiber is just, it's like a subset of carbohydrates. It's a type of carb. It is a carbohydrate that doesn't get digested. So it's actually like free carbs or free calories. Like you don't digest the, the, the carbohydrates or the calories from, from fiber. It just moves through your system, making you full. Um, it increases your satiety. It triggers satiety hormones, turns off hunger hormones. It expands in your stomach. Um, it pulls toxins from your from your system. If you can imagine, if you can imagine, it makes sense. It's like moving through your system. It's not getting digested. It's going to pull toxins. It's going to pull cholesterol. That's why you see like the cholesterol on your oatmeal boxes, like it lowers cholesterol and then you're going to poop it out. So it's, it keeps your blood sugar steady. It's, it's similar to fat in that it, it lessens the blood sugar response. So I like to include fiber because most Americans are not getting enough fiber. We're actually pretty low. So it's a good one to keep in mind and try and increase. Um, do you want to go over at all like RDAs and um, mm. how, I mean, because 
honestly, the next question that I'm going to ask, you know, is just talking about like bio-individuality and determining, you know, like people, how someone can maybe determine their bio-individual needs. But I mean, that can be quite different from, you know, what, yeah, what RDA. Yeah. Well, so we, I don't think we need to necessarily dive into exactly what all the RDAs are. Um, I don't even know them all. I know protein is 0.8 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight, which by the way is ridiculously low. Um, <laughs> if you're trying to lose weight, like highly don't recommend that. <laughs> that number makes me want to cry. <laughs> and then I can, and then laugh really hard at it because it's so yeah. funny because I still, I get questioned about it all the time. Like mm-hmm. people, you know, that are like, we don't need to be eating this much protein. This is what the RDA is. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. If you just want to live you know, if you want to make sure that your organs are functioning properly, but I, I personally want more than just organs that work. I would like, (laughs) you know, to feel good every day and to, uh, have lean muscle, healthy, lean muscle tissue anyway. uh, So how does this differ for everyone? Well, first of all, I want to say that I do think that if you're going for particular body composition goals, it is so helpful to work with a coach that understands this stuff because they can help you figure it out. And you typically a coach will have a starting point where they'll say like, and again, this will, this will depend on all coaches, but where they might say like, okay, we're going to start with one pound or excuse me, one gram of protein per pound body weight, or maybe per pound of lean muscle tissue, you know, just again, depending on goals, whatever. And that's a great starting point. Um, And then I would say, you know, in my program, anyway, we say anywhere from one to three servings of fat per meal. And that's around 10 grams for a serving. You don't have to be exact, but it's like, you know, just around there. And in a meal where you're going to have less carbohydrates, you'd probably want to have more fat, right? Um, and in a meal where you're having more carbohydrates, you want to back off on fat. You don't need to have 30 grams of fat and a huge bowl of pasta, And then with fiber, you know, your goal for the whole day is anywhere from 25 to 35 grams for women. That's just, that's, that's the recommended, that is RDA recommendation, which I don't typically follow for anything, but I think that's a pretty, I think that's pretty solid actually for fiber. So we'll go with that. And you just want to make sure that's kind of dispersed throughout your meals. And then for carbs, this is going to depend so much on your goals. So it's kind of hard for me to speak on. I can tell you in my program, we have women start because my, mine is not a workout program. Like we're not, you know, we're not doing any hardcore workouts. You can, if you want to, and I'll get to that in a second, but so we start with one serving of starchy carbs a day, which is 25 to 35 grams um, of carbs or net carbs. So we're subtracting out the fiber in one sitting. So that, and that's for starchy carbs. So that's like bread, rice, pasta, crackers, you're still going to have plenty of other carbs through, you know, fruit, vegetables, dairy, whatever it is that you're eating throughout the day, but you're just going to have one serving of starchy carbs. Now, if you're doing a lot of weightlifting, you're working out, it's probably going to be two, could be three, but this is where, again, you know, they're in my program, they're working with a coach to kind of figure out how much do I need based on my baseline and what I, what I'm normally doing every day. And then based on how I feel. So with carbs, normally if 
we're not seeing, we're seeing a lot of fatigue and like, just, you know, especially after the first week, we're still seeing fatigue and just like not feeling super great. Okay. We probably need to increase your carbs. You need, you need more carbs. So we'll say add an extra serving of starchy carbs. Another way how we gauge, uh, like the protein and the fat and things like that for, from person to person is we say that your meals should last about four hours. So if you're getting hungry after two hours, then you're just not eating enough. Like it doesn't mean that you need to snack every two hours. It means eat more at your meal because your body knows that's, that's really the best way, in my opinion, to naturally and easily regulate your weight or to to lose weight is just by gauging at like, am I eating too much or am I eating too little? Okay. Well, if I'm going four hours between meals feeling good, then I'm probably right on. I mean, you know, your bodies, our bodies were made to regulate our appetite and, and our body weight. So, and I think we've just gotten so out of touch with that because of tracking and, um, or, you know, using, using apps to track what we're eating all day, every day. I'm not saying to never do that, but, you know, doing it all day, every day, day in and day out, we lose touch, um, with our bodies. So, so if you are getting hungry after two hours, three hours, we might say, okay, let's bump up your protein. You're doing 20 grams of protein at a meal. Let's do 30 and see how that feels still getting hungry. Okay. Let's do another serving of fat, you know, still getting hungry. Okay. Let's bump protein up a little more. Let's add a little more fiber. Obviously it's just going to depend on what, what the meal looks like and what they're eating. But this is a, just, it's honestly kind of an experiment that you just have to play around with and figure out, all right, about how much, like, I can tell you, I have, I have the exact same breakfast every day and I might switch up the fruit or the, you know, the add-ins cause it's a smoothie, but I know the exact ratio <laughs> that will get me to lunch and that's the goal. So you want to get to lunch. And then at lunch, I know about how much I need to eat in order to get me to about four o'clock where I'll have a snack and then I'll have dinner around like six or seven. And I've been doing this so long. It's just, it's easy, you know, but for a lot of people hearing that they can just regulate their own appetite, it's like, it's crazy. Um, so you do, you just have to kind of play around with it. And uh, like I said, if you're not going four hours, typically start with protein. I mean, that's, that's what I do inside metabolism makeover, just because I think the majority of people are not eating enough protein and we could all be probably eating more. So let's start there. It's also the most satiating macronutrient. Uh, and then we'll move on to, you know, checking in with the fat and the fiber and then, or, you know, do we just need to add some carbs? Um, I, um, I find that I have two, I actually have one comment and one question, but I find it really interesting that people have a hard time trusting themselves and trusting their body. Oh, big time. Yeah. And it's, and it's really kind of sad. Um, and it's definitely something, I mean, I have been there. I completely understand what Mm -hmm. that feels like. And from my experience in, in having that, um, I'm really trying to make an effort to help others, um, learn how to trust themselves again. Yeah. Not everything has to be like per the app. Um, we need to be able to listen to our bodies and, and feel that hunger sensation and know, and like you, we've talked about before, be educated enough to know what to do with that hunger sensation. Yeah. 
just say, oh, I'm going to ignore it because I have to, to, I have to ignore it to be able to lose weight. Um, and just try and retrain ourselves to trust our bodies again. And then my, um, (laughs) and then my question is, why do you think that so many women, um, do not eat enough protein? Well, I think part of it is that protein is not that exciting. (laughs) I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's like, okay. it, It takes, it takes effort right? We have to prep it. Like we, uh, most women, I can tell you, I can tell you me personally, I'm a single mom. I have a two-year-old. Like if you think I have time to sit down and make myself a chicken breast at lunch and dinner every day and to, you know, breakfast is pretty easy if you do a smoothie, but most people aren't thinking that they're thinking like, I'm going to grab a bar. I'm going to grab something quick, a, a banana up on the way out the door whatever. Like it takes, it takes effort. Um, there's, there's not, there are easy buttons for protein, but you have to like really know and seek them out. So I think that's a big part of it. And also like, yeah, I don't know, you know, a bowl of pasta sounds better to me than a chicken and broccoli and, you know, okay. Chicken and broccoli. We don't need to eat chicken and broccoli at every meal. That was a terrible example because I never eat chicken and broccoli, (laughs) but, um, it sounds, let's see, it sounds more appealing than what did I have last night? Oh, I made a big salad with like chopped up turkey and and hard boiled eggs and whatever. I mean, that sounds good too, but you know what I mean? Like, especially at the end of the day, it's like a long day. You've had a long stressful day. Like carbs are comfort food. And, um, I also just think, and I don't know, I truly don't know why this is, but we under eat it. So if you do, if you do say, well, I had, I had chicken in my pasta last night, I made some you know, I made some spaghetti and I chopped up chicken in it. I would love to see how much chicken you put in. Cause I bet it was about an ounce and a half, you know, and really you should be eating closer to probably four ounces, um, depending on your activity level and your size. So, <laughs> you know, and that's just, that's just a matter of education, I think, and showing people what that actually looks like. I even tell my clients and, and you know, if you know anything about me at this point, if you've, if you've looked me up, I'm very anti, or I shouldn't say anti, I'm very pro tuning in with our own bodies and using our bodies as, as gauges for, uh, for, for our eating and also normal eating behavior. However, I encourage new people coming into my program to get a food scale and actually look and see what the hell does four ounces of chicken look like? Because every time people do it, they're like, oh my God. No wonder I'm hungry by two 30 after lunch. I thought I was getting, eating all this chicken or what, you know, whatever I keep using chicken, but I, I keep thinking I'm eating all this chicken, but I'm actually eating like half of what I should be eating. So there is a place for those tools to actually see what you're, how much you're eating every day. Yeah. And I also think, um, learning how to prepare it to where it's not gross um, is also mm. really, really mm-hmm. helpful too. I'm so lucky. My fiance is a really great cook and he's totally on board with like being really healthy with me. Um, and he tracks his macros and everything like that. And, um, yes. and thank my boyfriend God. does too. It's really, it's actually really, really helpful. <laughs> it's so helpful because you, but like, once you learn, like if you don't, if you like constantly like overcook your eggs or like constantly overcook shrimp, then yeah, like it, or like, chicken and breast can be so dry. So it's really nasty. So like, you know, it can really serve you to, you know, 
make an effort for a few weeks to like actually learn how to make these things taste good. Cause then yes. it's a lot more enjoyable. Okay. Like chicken, for example, ladies, so easy. Just brine your chicken before you cook it. Which all this means is you just add a little, like put them in a bowl, add some water, take a handful of salt, you know, and, and let it sit even just for an hour. You don't even have to let it sit that long. And I promise you, your chicken will be so much that it's impossible to dry it out when you do this. And so that's just like one very basic little thing that you can do to make your dry chicken breast taste a lot better. Yep. And then once it's, (laughs) once it actually tastes good, you're way more apt to eat it. And then you're way more apt to stay on track. So this is, yeah. I mean, I notice it with my daughter too, you know, two-year-olds are so picky and they, they never want to eat meat. But if I prepare, actually prepare, you know, chicken, for example, well, <laughs> she'll eat it right up. She loves it. I'm like, well, there you go. You know what we expect us to choke down nasty dry chicken. Um, why? Like just, just take a little teeny bit of extra time. It, it really isn't extra time either. It, it's just thinking ahead just a little tiny bit. Um, yeah. And just taking a little bit of time and then, you know, chicken isn't the only answer. There's lots of different sources. Of yes. Protein, so yes, lots there. of options, easy, but there's tons, um, you know, frozen burgers from Costco are great. We always have those on hand. Shrimp is super quick and easy because you can just make it, you know, it thaws super quick. There's a lot of good options. Rotisserie chickens. You don't even have to cook those. <laughs> yep. And then for those of you guys who do, um, Megan and I both, I don't eat dairy. Um, Greek yogurt, cottage cheese. Yeah. Oh yeah. Greek yogurt, cottage cheese. If you like cottage cheese, God, I miss eating cottage cheese. I really like it. <laughs> um, well, so let's go back a little bit to talking about, um, balancing blood sugar. Um, I know that's one of your major hacks for fat loss. So can you tell us a little bit more about how that's done? Yeah. So it's really just a matter of eating, carbohydrates. So your bread, pasta, bananas, apples, you know, carbohydrates are fruit too. And I love fruit. I don't eliminate it at all, but these are all, these are all carbs, um, potatoes, things like that with a lot of starch. <clears throat> it's balancing those foods with protein, healthy fat and fiber. Now the protein actually doesn't do much with your blood sugar, but we do always include it because like I said, it's it's satiating. It's going to help you build your muscles. It's just, it's, it's an all-star if you're, if you're trying to drop fat, especially. So we always include it, but, uh, including some fat, like, like I said, at least 10 grams of fat at a meal, probably a little more than that, but you know, at least that is going to stunt your body's blood sugar response. And the goal always is to kind of stay within a normal blood sugar range. Now, I don't know how advanced you want me to get here, but I will say like, typically what we see, we're all different. We're all, we're all very different. Um, we've, we've discussed this here, but in the average female, you know, going over like 40 grams of carbs, which that would be 40 grams of, um, net carbs. So again, we're going down the rabbit hole here, but if you take carbohydrates and you subtract out any fiber, you're getting net carbs. If you go over 40, oftentimes we'll see you tip into, it's kind of like your insulin threshold. 
to where your body is going to shift out of a, a normal blood sugar range and your body's going to release a lot of insulin where you will, you know, go into more of a fat, fat storing mode. I don't like throwing out numbers like that. Cause I don't, I don't want you to be obsessed over it, but I think it's helpful to just kind of hear that and see, like, to be able to gauge, okay, like I can eat pasta. I clearly love pasta. I keep using it as an example. I, I can eat pasta, but when I go out to eat and I have this huge plate of pasta, I'm going to eyeball it because maybe at home you've already, you know, measured it and figured out about how much, I don't know, serving of pasta is that's going to be under 40 grams of carbohydrates. And you can, you know, eat that off your plate along with your protein and, and whatever else you're eating. Um, but keeping it, keeping it around that range for a meal is ideal. Now you might be listening to this and saying like, well, my, or maybe Kyra, maybe you thinking like I eat more than that at a meal and I'm lean. Well, you also have a higher muscle mass than, than I do, or that the average female does men, for example, men can certainly eat men that are in the gym, lifting weights can certainly eat more than 40 grams of carbs in a meal. Uh, cause their, their muscles, their, their glycogen stores are going to soak that right up. Right. So it is variable, but I still like to, I, I like to just kind of give you an illustration of, of what is happening in the body when we're eating all of these macronutrients together. So the main goal is to keep blood sugar in normal range and how to do that without tracking it, you know, without having a, um, a blood sugar monitor on you is to just keep your, your carbohydrates at a, at a moderate amount. Like I said, we tell our clients 25 to 35 grams. Um, you know, you're, you're working, I'm assuming you're working with these women that are, or even men that are on this call. So you know, listen to Kyra, don't listen to me on this because she knows you better than I do. But, uh, you know, that's, that's just a range that we go for. And if you are able to keep your blood sugar within a normal range, it's going to keep your fat burning hormones turned on. So it, and, and if you want a name for it, glucagon is our sort of our fat storing, or excuse me, our fat burning hormone and insulin is more of a fat storing hormone. So we, we want our body to continually be releasing glucagon and keeping us burning fat rather than storing it all the time. And this is also why I'll add this too. This is also why I, I like my clients to be able to go four hours between meals and to not be eating snacks constantly, because when you're eating all the time and you're, you know, eating carbs and you're, just constantly, like you're just constantly causing these spikes in your blood sugar, even if they're not massive spikes, you're still, you know, activating it all day long. Instead of giving your body a little time to just relax and stop digesting so much. And you really then give your body a chance to release glucagon, which is your fat burning hormone. And that's, you know, again, like that's why we also recommend uh, like a 12 hour fast overnight, which is very, very safe for most people to just go from, let's say eight, 8 PM to 8 AM or, or 7 PM to 7 AM. If you can't do the full 12 hours, fine, but you know, go for something that is doable for you because you want to give your body a chance to clear out all the insulin from the day, go into fat burning mode. Uh, just got the cellular cleanup. You know, it's like, imagine 
an interstate that is constantly in rush hour, like what a disaster, right? You, you, you would be gridlocked eventually. If, if around the clock, 24 hours a day was rush hour, you'd eventually just all be gridlocked and not be able to go anywhere. So thank God, you know, nighttime comes and we all go home and go to bed and we can clear out the interstate and uh, get things sort of moving again for the next morning. And that's exactly what we want to do to our digestion as well. So a few little notes. Um, I mean, everything that you're talking about, like it really is super bio-individualized, you know, um, because like, so there are people who I've worked with and myself personally, you know, it's like, Hey, I'm really trying to do everything I can to like build as much muscle and strength as absolutely possible right now. Um, and I will intentionally eat a ton of carbs with protein, um, after I work out just to try to actually like spike my insulin and get the carbs back into my, into my muscles so that I can, you know, be ready to train hard again the next day. Yeah. And that's why it's, that's why I said like, it really is so important that you work with a coach because I, I'm giving like blanket advice for what works for the women in my group that don't generally are not doing like hardcore workouts or they're not trying to gain a bunch of strength, but that's obviously not everyone. And so it's, it is really important. And then also too, you know, what you were saying with like, um, fasting, you know, that is also like, you might be that, be that person who's like, everything is really great. And then all of a sudden, like, this has happened to me where I'm like, I'm eating, I'm eating and eating and like working out and everything feels great. But then sometimes it was like, I am like my, it's, I feel like my body is just like stuffed. And I'm like, I just need to like, take a minute to like, yeah. not eat because I'm I, like, I just don't feel like everything is being processed correctly. So again, that's another, I mean, I think it's really fascinating that you, you, you know, you brought it up and you often recommend it um, because I think that that can be really helpful as well. Yeah. Well, and that's why I recently did the kind of digestive reset where I started doing the smoothies in the morning and then doing like, you know, a lighter lunch. And because I just felt like there, I'm like, there is something wrong with my digestive system. Like we just need to like back it off and take a little pause. And I ended up the first day I went like 16 hours fasting, which is a long time for me. Like my body needs to eat. Um, and then I tried to just do like really light, easy stuff to digest as long as I could. And then I like resumed as normal, but yeah, like you, sometimes you just need to give your body a, a little, a little love, a little reset because digestion is extremely taxing on us. Like it is, it is the most, it's the most taxing, um, process that happens in our body. Like I just said, it accounts for 10% of our calorie burn every day. So I ha- I have a friend who's also uh, a personal trainer and a health coach, and she's currently like, she's actively trying to bulk right now. And I, and I love her for this. She's an absolute doll. Um, and she's like weighing in all the time. She's like, I only gained four pounds last month, you know? And so I love, I love watching this because it's so different from what you typically hear from women, but I'm just sitting here going like, I can't even imagine how much you're having to eat because like, that's it's not just exhausting to like have to cook all and oh, eat all of that, yeah. but it's also, it is like, it does feel very exhausting on the body sometimes. 
It does. Yeah. I mean, I've, I'm thinking about doing the same for the summer, as long as my adrenals are, you know, healed and getting a little better. I'm starting to feel a lot better, but I'm like, I've lost so much muscle because I haven't been able to work out. I'm like, I want to put muscle back on, but just thinking about <laughs> thinking about all the food and the carbs and the protein and all that, that you, it really does take a lot. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know if I want to do it. <laughs> and it's not like you get to just eat pizza. <laughs> no, no. I mean, when I did this 10 years ago, I probably did. Like I, it was nothing, but now I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm so sensitive to everything. And my body just needs like certain, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's so much more sensitive than it used to be. <laughs> um, so how would someone know if they're on the right path, uh, to fulfilling their own personal macronutrient needs? Well, I think that the number one thing is that you have to you have to track your progress. Um, and, and that does not mean the scale that means pictures, that means measurements and making sure that you're making whatever sort of progress that you're looking for. So whether that's, um, adding muscle, losing fat, losing inches. And as long as you're doing that, then you're on the right track. I mean, I, I do not work one-on-one with clients anymore where I'm, you know, tweaking little things that they're, that they're doing. Um, and to be honest, that was never like body composition was never something that I specialized in. So again, I'm saying like work with a coach on this, but for, for my clients who are just simply chronic dieters that are looking to jumpstart their metabolism again, this is what I have them do. And I just say, you know, we're not going to make any adjustments to what you're doing until we get to a point where, you know, about like generally about a month, you know, if a month goes by and we see absolutely no progress, then we can go back to the drawing board and kind of see like, okay, what, why could this be? Are you not eating enough protein? Are you, are you eating too much fat? Are you eating too much food overall? Are you maybe not getting enough carbs? Like you're not building muscle because we're just simply not fueling our bodies enough. Um, and, and then we have to kind of look from there and see, see what might be going on. And then what would be some cues that somebody might experience that says like, you know what, I really need to investigate this further. Maybe I need to work with Megan or find a coach that can help me. What might somebody be experiencing? Yeah, I would say the cues would just be that you're, if you feel like you're doing everything right and you're not seeing any progress, like you're, you're not seeing, um, you're not seeing your muscle gains go up. You're not seeing any fat loss. Or if you honestly, if you just feel like, if you feel like you don't know if you're doing everything right, if you feel confused at all, because what we don't want you to do is go Google how many macros should I be eating? Um, because who knows what you're going to find. And, you know, a, a lot of those calculators that you'll find maybe online have you severely under eating. Um, not all, I actually think the fitness industry is getting a little better about this, but I just worry about it because I've, you know, done this myself just to kind of see what was out there. And I've seen like, wow, you know, 1300 calories a day. Okay. Yeah. I definitely do not need to be eating 1300 calories a day. I starve. Um, and so 
you know, obviously I'm a huge proponent of, of always working with a coach. If you have really specific body composition goals and also, you know, I'll be honest, if you find yourself, if you find yourself constantly self-sabotaging and not having the quote unquote motivation or willpower, which willpower is bullshit, by the way, that's a whole nother topic. But like, if that's the thought that you're having in your head, then, then you need a coach. Like you need somebody to hold you accountable and that's okay. I, I have a coach. I always have a coach, well, whether it's a business coach or a, a mindset coach or whatever, like I'm constantly hiring coaches because I know that I need, I need that accountability and support and I need to spend money in order to follow through on myself sometimes, not always, but you know, I think it, it's kind of a, I think it's more of a matter of self-awareness and, you know, do you really need help with this? Like, is this something that you need to take the plunge on in order for you to actually reach the goals that you want? I always ask this question to people when they are kind of questioning whether or not they should do my program. I would just say like, are you interested or are you committed? Because those are two very different things. You could be interested and that's fine. Like I'm interested in a million things. If I was committed to everything I was interested in, I would be dead. Like I you would <laughs> I wouldn't be able to function, you know? But if you if it's something that you decide that I'm committed, like I have a really strong why and I want to make this happen for myself and for my kids and for my long-term health and I want to live till I'm 100, like then then hire a coach. Like get in there and do it. If if unless you truly feel like, you know, you can do it on your own. But I, I would say that most of us who are not experts in weightlifting or nutrition, we don't have the time to be looking up how to do all this stuff. Like go do what you're really good at. And then enlist the help of someone who, who does this for their life work. Cause it's easy for us. Like it's easy for us to coach you. It is. And (laughs) I mean, I, I know. And sometimes like, I just really wish that I like, I'll see things on social media, you know, of like a person who like, they're like, I went to the gym and like, I worked out for an hour and like on the treadmill. And I'm just like, I really, really, really wish that I could help you. (laughs) Cause like, it's so easy to me. I'm just like, I I feel like people are literally like on a hamster wheel, like not just because they're on the treadmill, but like, they're just on a hamster wheel, wheel trying so hard to do the right things. And I'm like, if only I could just you know, give a little bit of input, you might get the results a little bit faster. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, well, so speaking of, you know, people trying to investigate and figure things out on their own, um, can tell us a little bit more about your program, um, for those, for those listening, um, so they can see if they want to work with you. Yeah. So the metabolism makeover is a 30 day program and we focus Week one, we focus in on blood sugar control, metabolism, how our body works. You know, some of the, we go a lot deeper on some of the topics that we talked about today with protein, healthy fat, fiber, carbs. Um, week two, we, we do uh, talk about workouts. It's like I said, it's not a workout program, but we do talk about workouts and like what, what types of workouts would give us the best bang for your metabolic buck, I guess. Uh, and Um, so, you know, we, we just kind of give you like, these are the types of workouts that you should be doing if you want to work out less, but see more results and really boost your metabolism. Week three is, is very different. It is 
really focused on those like diet danger zone situations where, you know, if you consider that every weekend from 5 PM, every Friday from 5 PM till Sunday at midnight, which let's just say that's your weekend. That's a third of your life. Like when you break down the hours, which is crazy. And so many of us just kind of go off our diet, quote unquote, you know, our diet, whatever it is that we're doing on the weekends, because we're like, Oh, we were good all week. And the problem is if you don't know how to deal with things like vacation weekends, happy hours, going out to eat with your friends, holidays, you will never see results. Like you just won't. It's if you add all that up, you know, you're probably getting to almost close to 50% of your life. So we place a really huge emphasis on that in week three. And then week four is kind of everything else where we talk about gut health, sleep, stress, inflammation, and all these other factors that really play a huge role in the functioning of your metabolism. And then after that, when, you know, you go through the 30 days and we have a really, really cool monthly program afterwards that you can choose to do. If you want, you get the first 30 days for free. Um, and then we cycle each month and go through, we have different themes just to keep people motivated. We do different challenges every month. We're focusing on mindset this month. Mindset stuff is actually our most popular. People are obsessed with it. I always bring in like really good guests to, to, to you know, do like mindset coaching. And because what I find after people understand how their body works and they are really doing all the things right that are you know helping to support their bodies, the only thing after that, that's holding the back is what's in their head. And, um, so we do a lot of work, a lot of work on your, on your minds uh, in the continuation program. Um, and you know, you can just, as far as where you can find that, and you, you can go to my website, it's metabolismmakeover.co, or just find me on Instagram. You, you can, you can always get to all my things on Instagram too. Y'all definitely go follow Megan. Um, I actually found Megan on Instagram too. And uh, I'm I'm a lifelong follower now. So <laughs> you'll learn and you'll be entertained. I promise. Yes. Probably be entertained too. <laughs> it's a lot of great. And especially if you're, I would say for anybody, I have plenty of clients and followers who are not moms, but especially if you're a mom, you got to you'll, you'll get a lot of entertaining content from me. Um, as I try to navigate motherhood by myself, you know, with a two-year-old, it's, it's pretty entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, if nothing else you do have that, you know, you have that. So Um, (laughs) anyhow, so Megan, thank you so, so much for being on. Um, and if there's, is there anything else that you feel like we need to talk about? We haven't gone over. I don't think so. I think we hit everything. I'm, I'm very pleased yes. with our range today. <laughs> yes. Um, and thank you guys all so much for listening. If you guys have any questions, you can always reach out to me, um, follow Megan, reach out to her peeps and, uh, we'll help you out. So anyhow, all right. Thank you guys for listening and thank you, Megan, for being on. Thank you.